down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. So what would this, like, Kobe Maps team have looked like? Um, it would have been damn good. Yeah. You know, and Dirk was like, I would have traded me for Kobe. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to trade you, Dirk. That's the whole point. Right? Wow. Yeah, we would have been something else. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. Continuing our off-season recaps theme, today we're going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. So the Mavericks finished last year at 52-30. and 30. They were the number four seed. They then, in the playoffs, in the first round, they beat the Utah Jazz four games to two, what ultimately turned out to be the start of the destruction of the current Utah Jazz roster as they realized that they can't win with the current uh, makeup, traded Rudy Gobert away after another first-round loss. The Mavericks then advanced to the second round where they played the Phoenix Suns. And in what was a back-and-forth series, uh, the home team was winning every game up until Game 7 where the Mavericks just absolutely blew the Suns off the court. Uh, it was a 30-point lead at halftime. At one point, it was high, large. Uh, the lead was large as 40 points. It, it was not close at all. Uh, and what was a, one of the more surprising blowouts? I mean, stories are coming out now that you know there was some sort of rift between DeAndre Ayton and the Suns co- coaching staff, especially Monty Williams. That there's maybe some positive COVID tests. Um, what we know is the Suns were 64 and 18 in the regular season. And they were they seemed to be this juggernaut and the Mavericks just absolutely annihilated them on the road in game seven. Very impressive. And the Mavs, you know, it was one of those teams that before you know it, they're in the Western Conference Finals, kind of like the Hawks the previous year. What seemed like a little earlier um, than what was expected on schedule, uh, earlier than expected. In the Western Conference Finals, though, so the Mavs lost 4-1 to the Warriors. And in the series, which was really not close, uh, what was surprising is, you know, the regular season, the Warriors finished 53 and 29. So only a game ahead of the Mavs. But we could tell in the playoffs that these two teams really were not on the same level. The Warriors championship experience came through their years of playoff experience. And they just had so much more versatility with how they could play. Whereas for the Mavericks, it was really Luka, um, pick and roll, and they just didn't have the offensive firepower and versatility to stay with the Warriors on the court. So then, let's get into their offseason. So as a recap, they started the offseason pretty early than most teams. So they traded for Christian Wood on June 24th, so six days before free agency was even starting. They pretty much just gave up... uh, the players, the, almost the extra fillers on their roster. So they gave up Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, Boban Marjanovic, all traded to the Rockets for Christian Wood. And they also gave up their first round pick this year in the 2022 draft. So then they acquired Christian Wood. The other players that they added this offseason, Tyler Dorsey in free agency, Jaden Hardy was their draft pick, drafted at 37. Uh, he was actually a highly rated prospect coming out of high school. He's played a year with the G League Ignite, and people had high expectations for him. He just didn't perform up to the level that people thought he would while he was in the G League. Um, but, you know, if he kind of regains that high school form, he could be a steal in the second round for them. 
then their other big, uh, their major free agency signing this year was JaVale McGee, who signed a three-year contract for the mid-level exception, the taxpayer mid-level exception. So it was a th- about a three-year, $20 million contract, which, uh, you know, people were surprised by. So JaVale was really just signing one-year contracts um, the prior years with the Lakers and then with the Suns. And then for him to get a full uh, three-year guaranteed contract at the mid-level exception, um, you know, so you did think the Mavs did need a a rim-blocking presence, which is true. Um, he's a seven-foot athletic guy. You you assume that on offense, he'd be a good partner for Luca with the pick and roll as a lob threat. Um, but still, that kind of financial commitment for Javale, who's really been signing one-year contracts, so. You know, he did have the relationship with Jason Kidd when he was on the Lakers with him. And so maybe that was also part of um, Kidd's trust in JaVale. And pretty much the day after he signed, uh, or little after, we got news that, you know, JaVale's here expecting to start. Because there's question about they also acquired Christian Wood. Is Christian Wood going to be the starting center? But uh, I think that was put to rest that JaVale's there starting center. So it's really, is Christian Wood going to be the four? Or is he going to be coming off the bench? Um, That'll be interesting to see. And then, of course, we can't talk about the Mavs offseason without talking about um, Jalen Brunson. Their big uh, loss in, in free agency, who he signed a contract with the Knicks. And, you know, getting into Brunson, it really was a case of um, what I thought was some, some sort of some level of mismanagement from the Mavs uh, front office. So they had options to sign him prior to this uh, summer where they let him be an unrestricted free agent and um, the ability to walk, which is always dangerous, you know, letting someone be an unrestricted free agent off their rookie contract. So Jalen, they offered him from last summer, they offered him a four-year $55 million extension, um, which at that time he didn't sign. And then they could have signed him even during the year, but they did not because they, prior to the trade deadline, they thought that if they signed him to a new contract, he then uh, he then would not be allowed to be put into a trade in case the Mavs wanted to trade for someone at the trade deadline, maybe a third star or something. Um, and so they did not sign Brunson to a, a contract during the year. And then, unfortunately for the Mavs, Brunson played so well, he, that $55 million price tag was... Uh, <laughs> was nowhere near what he signed for. I mean, ultimately he signed up for about $25 million plus annually. And so that's always the risk you run into. The Mavs thought maybe they had a good relationship with Brunson and his agent, um, and that there was maybe some sort of understanding that if you don't uh, accept this contract now and you do outperform this deal, we'll still reward you, we'll match um, other contracts that teams are offering, you know, we'll let you be an unrestricted free agent. but I think what they didn't uh, maybe uh, estimate was that the Knicks would hire his dad, the relationship between Leon Rose and Rick Brunson, and then the strong ties to the Knicks. And, um, you know, the props to the Knicks. They did a good job of clearing up cap space. They, for Jalen Brunson, they really prioritized him, made him feel wanted, um, and said they, they were able to get Jalen Brunson and steal him away from the, from the Knicks. I mean, from the Mavs, rather. So, you know, now going into this season, really the questions about the, the Mavs. Number one, does Luka have enough help? So Luka is just starting, um, he's entering his fifth season. He's starting the first year of the max extension that he signed. 
Aga coming off the rookie contract. He's already been an All-NBA player. Uh, people are always expecting him to be in the MVP race now. That That's the level of player he is. I mean, he's really on the trajectory of like all the greats, like LeBron, um, KD. These he That's the type of player he is coming off of his rookie deal. And now, really, the Mavs are on the clock, right? So they have he's they know Lucas on this contract, and it's really about showing him that they can build a championship level roster. So we've seen this in the past. Anytime you have a player like of Lucas caliber, you're all the team's on the clock, and it's really about building a championship roster around him. And you know, along those lines, losing Brunson is not a good look. Uh, Ultimately, you know, maybe Brunton also said that he wanted the ball more. Um, well, he didn't say, but, you know, there was rumblings that playing a second fiddle to Luka was maybe not something he wanted moving forward. He thought he could have a bigger role. And the Knicks are going to basically hand him the keys to the offense as their starting point guard. But, you know, we'll see how this Christian Wood trade pans out. Um, Wood is in the last year of his deal. And he can always sign an extension. Um, I think the Mavs maybe would want to see how he's doing and how he fits on this team. And they can always uh, offer him an ex- extension in the middle of the year and uh, before deciding that. And then how is this JaVale signing going to work? The uh, Really, the other question for the Mavs is, was last year making the Western Conference Finals? Was that just taking advantage of uh, what we know was a shattered or a broken Suns team from within? Uh, or was that is that something that they're going to build on? Because the West, it, it is very very competitive. Um, the Clippers are only going to be better. You assume the Timberwolves are going to be better. The Warriors aren't going anywhere. The Grizzlies aren't going anywhere. And so really, like when you go through the West, you know the Suns. Yeah, they they fell apart in Game Seven, but you know you don't think that that's going to cause a drop a drop off in the regular season at least for them. The uh, Jazz are the only team maybe you can expect to drop off because the Nuggets should be better with Jamal Murray coming back and also Michael Porter Jr. And so, you know, the the loss of Brunson, I think, is definitely going to hurt them. And, um, you know, that that's I, the Mavs. You have to say we're one of the losers of this offseason just because of how they mishandled the whole Brunson situation. And we'll see. Um, when you have a superstar like Luka, it, every move... It's not that you have to hit on every move, but when you have, um, when you're showing your star player that maybe you're making some miscalculations, uh, moving into the future with the, some of the moves you're making, you know, the, there's there always has to be that trust factor that we're seeing with other situations around the league. When you have a um, the trust that Steph Curry and Bob Myers have in Golden State, um, you can have two years in between where they are. Kind of reloading and rebuilding and the star stays happy and he trusts the front office because of like the past performance and when you don't have that sort of trust um you start to make moves that are very hasty and for the short term uh, without considering what the long-term implications can be but the opposite can also be said when you have a guy like luca maybe all those mistakes are kind of washed over because that's the type of player he is and um this is going to be one of those interesting seasons for the Mavericks. Is it going to be one of those, something they're going to build on, or are they going to take a step back? Can't wait to find out. And that's it for this pod, guys. Going to sign off. Till next time. I want to give a shout out to our producer, Sandeep, a.k.a. Sandy. And to let all the listeners know to help us out and follow us on Instagram at BSJPod and on Twitter as well at BSJPod. 
You can also find all our episodes uploaded onto our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thank you.